0: All you beautiful creatures of the night, welcome to the Satanic in Nature podcast. We are sin. Our subtitle is The Gay Agenda, Baby Eating, Witchcraft, Polyamory, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and anything else you might consider offensive to society. It's going to get weird in here.
1: I'm Tomoe Belmont. And I'm Cora Howell. I'm back, y'all. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you like what we have to say and want to help us out with publishing, go ahead and join one of our Patreon tiers, our patrons on those... Tiers get Discord access and bonus content as a thank you for making those small contributions towards publishing. Hail our patrons. If you don't want to commit to that, but still want to support us, find our various handles through our link tree at the bottom of our about section on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. A follow goes a long way. It sure does. Um,
0: got some satanic news. This week is really going to piss you guys off. On some bonkers shit, first of all, Cora's home state of Arizona preliminarily passed a bill banning Satanism on public property on Wednesday, February 7th, classifying such displays as destruction of property. And I'm doing this with air quotes around this. (laughs) Republican Representative Jake Hoffman repeatedly insists that Satanism is not a real religion, but simply an antithesis to Christianity. I'm of the opinion that he is not wrong about it being an antithesis to Christianity, having read the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. However, he is very much wrong about it not being a religion. People take
1: this shit seriously. It's a religion. Oh, so many feelings on this, to be honest. This guy. Yeah, this is your backyard. What the fuck? So... When I was actually a part of SatanCon, this man was the man making headlines as a big part of the city council area there in yeah. Scottsdale, trying oh. to stop the SatanCon from happening and really going after the Satanists there. And was one of those people that like made his name for himself in the Republican Party by like bashing the Satanists when they held SatanCon in Scottsdale, Arizona, when I was um. still a part of TSD and helped to put that on. And, wow that's why his name was vaguely ringing a bell for me okay go on <laughs> and he is the biggest asshole of all time and i think he's <laughs> still bitter about tst's troll and you know like we all know clearly clearly because this is
0: i was gonna say this is where satan con happened in arizona like the first satan con the first one guys Because of like a former lawsuit battle that went awry for TST. They claimed that, oh, there's not enough Satanists out here. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. Satan Con happened out there to show them that there is indeed a presence there. Um, And the next one that we have in Iowa, the the next thing we're going to talk about takes place in Iowa. Where that whole display got fucking destroyed in december here we are talking about it yet again when we yep. said we were hoping it was the last time
1: yeah but i mean at the same time I think there's a, it's interesting going in the background on this just a little bit. Like, yeah, because there's like, a pattern here. There is a pattern here. In fact, it's really funny to see the back and forth. As much as I disagree mostly with this TST on a lot of stuff, the back and forth is hilarious. And I have to respect them for their ability to troll. Listen, just
0: spitting facts right now. They aren't exactly on a winning streak. No, they're not. In and in fact, I really all. hope so, they
1: sit out. In right.
0: And so trying to bait more court cases out there i i'm gonna say it this is just my opinion not very confident in them at this point
1: agreed i i'm more saying like the the way that it went is they had the court case that you said then they threw satan con to prove there was enough satanists there um (laughs) they tried to stop uh it from happening because they said that there was no direct presence and everything like that but then uh they sponsored a road in scottsdale um, if you didn't know that one. I didn't. <laughs> no, nope. I uh, like, that's exactly what happened. And then they, at after that, now he's like starting to go after them again. I mm-hmm. I just hope, Um, and I think it's going in the right direction, that it's not going to be TST that brings a lawsuit. I have a feeling the ACLU is likely to bring a lawsuit against them, which I think is the right organization to actually go after them. Oh, definitely. There
0: was... There was an instance here in my home state of Pennsylvania where the ACLU stepped in and won because that's what they're good at. The ACLU has the right team. They have the right resources. They have the right people. I'm sorry. just I'm just speaking based on the track records that both of these institutions have right now. And if I'm going to place my faith in anybody, it's going to be the ACLU if this is a this or that situation.
1: Well, and they're they're an independent, so to speak, person in this. And I think that the whole parade that's gone on over time with all this stuff has just got to stop, but we'll see where it goes. Meanwhile, at the same time, Iowa State Senator Shandy Salmon, in another news story, proposed pretty much the same bill. However, uh, she said that the bill shall not recognize organizations or in- individuals who refer to Satan as a deity, worship Satan, or who reference Satan or Satanism as a part of the organization or individual's religious practice as an establishment of religion. In other yeah. words, so that's a direct quote. Yeah. Like, I pulled that direct quote for a purpose,
0: because at the very least, this woman is willing to shoot down Christians as well for her fucking agenda, <laughs> because they actually recognize Satan as an entity. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: and and actually is basically directly counteracting the emoluments clause, like directly, which which actually talks about an establishment of religion in the emoluments clause. So like basically trying to directly counteract that. It's the most unconstitutional language you can possibly get. So Whew. that'll I, last I... long. <laughs>
0: yeah i i really hope in both of these states people who have you know some kind of power get together and go guys this is fucking ridiculous stop it and just shoot both of these things down hoping that rather than any kind of extensive court battle for anyone really
1: well and And it's interesting, like, I feel like they're going from one thing that I'm a part of to another. They were going after trans people real hard this last year, and now they're going after Mm -hmm. Satanists. Now this is the new fad that, you know, Republicans are going to decide to go after uh,
0: Uh, Satanists.
1: It's the the fucking,
0: guys, it's it's 2024 as we are recording this. It's a presidential election year. So we are going to be (laughs) seeing all kinds of absolute bullshit popping up regardless of whatever political party is doing it like we're gonna be seeing some bonkers bullshit like this we might see some cool things like i don't know maybe some good cannabis legislation just people trying to be like look how hip and cool i am (laughs) for us but we might also see some bonkers shit like this and it's going to be a very long very exhausting year and us gay people over here at satanic in nature are just as fucking tired as you are speaking of gays let's get into our fucking topic
1: exactly we're doing this one for our fellow queers in particular this case we're going into how satanism helped us to affirm our queerness and really to embrace <laughs> it so to start that off i i think we should define queerness do you want to take the first little bit there The dictionary definition is the state or condition
0: of being strange or odd. And that's like the kind of old timey use of the word queer. Like if you hear some kind of like, I don't know, on some Edgar Allan Poe shit where somebody's like, oh, how queer. Like, oh, it's like, oh, how strange. (laughs) Uh, A more modern definition, more accepted by the LGBTQ community. Q standing for queer in this instance is that it is an umbrella term for people who are not heterosexual or are not
1: cisgender. And I think the cool part about this is that I like both definitions when we're talking about Satanism, yeah. because yes. the first one being the state of or condition of being strange or odd, like that is essentially the definition of who Satanists are. Like we are yeah. the <laughs> other, right? Yeah. And, and also more so.
0: For us, because we're both uh, neurodivergent as well. So I feel like <laughs> that's just neurodivergence, Satanism, and uh, just being gay, we're trans, we're both,
1: <laughs> has helped the both of us be like, yeah, queer is us. <laughs> exactly. And so stranger odd, and, and that's why it's like nice to, at the same time, is it feels a little bit othering when someone says you're stranger odd at the same time. I'm like, yes, I am. Fuck yes. Yeah, like- we all are we all are <laughs> who wants to be normal boring i th- i do like that one but i also understand that in this context like it applies to both of us in the other sense of us being a part of the lgbtq community it's really had a big impact on both of us being a part of satanism for this
0: yeah it has definitely helped and I, at this point i'm speaking for both of us please correct me if i'm wrong it's certainly helped us embrace our queerness by leaning into satanism a little more am i wrong
1: no you're not wrong in fact to be honest it was very hard for me to embrace my queerness until i kind of set myself free from that like (laughs) i was always afraid in my life i was very codependent if anyone knows what that means like around families like i pretty much for a long time in my life was relying on other people for my validation. You know, it's hard to think of me like that now. I'm not in any way reliant upon anybody else for my validation anymore. And and that's a really cool feeling because for the longest period of my life, that was how I felt good was like when someone else thought that I was doing the right thing. When I got into Satanism, it said, no, like, look within Love yourself, have empathy and compassion for others, but having this self-fulfillment, self-understanding is like one of the most important things that you can have.
0: Yes. So let's jump into some of the rules. We're going to talk about some organizations like I did in my last episode about the power of saying no. Uh, If you skipped that one, fine. I'm not going to twist your arm about it. This is kind of an inverse on that, in that these are ways that we can say yes to ourselves. So the first ones I want to talk about are some of the pillars of the global order of Satan that personally help me kind of when I'm in a sticky situation mentally about something about myself. Uh, The first one being pillar number one self-fulfillment and personal understanding allow us to support ourselves and therefore others so it's kind of in a saying that it's never too late to be the best you and when you are the best you you'll bring that out in other people in regards to queerness it helps me by allowing myself to like that part of me And having like a personal understanding of myself and allowing myself to have that kind of fulfillment in myself just kind of makes life more bearable in general. Like if you don't like yourself, you're going to be
1: fucking miserable, right? It's very hard to love others without loving yourself first, right? Yeah.
0: It's possible, but it helps.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's where this one really hits home for me is that You have to make sure to take care of you, self fulfillment being the thing, and personal understanding Mm -hmm. before you're able to support others. And it's the first rule, like I've ever seen, as a part of something that says that you need to do this. In fact, you know, my entire life, like I said, I was worried about others first and not myself and i failed miserably at taking care of others right let's be let's be clear you're referencing your life as a christian
0: in the church yeah yes for anyone referencing this episode uh if this is like your first or second episode with us cora goes more in depth with this in the episode church president to satanist which is one of both of our mutual favorite episodes we've ever done. So if you want more
1: about that, definitely check that episode out. But go on, Cora. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's the thing. I was so worried about even like that's a perfect example. When I was in the church, I was worried about everything else. I was worried about what God thought. I was worried about what others in the church thought because I got, I was an elected official, so to speak. I cared more about making sure that the people in the church were often okay more than myself or my family sometimes. And that's hard to say about yourself, right? And uh, I think it's so hard when you're in the moment when you're so used to doing that. In fact, that's how a lot of society has taught us to, you know, be right like there's this pressure to perform that a lot of parents have put on their kids in the past. And it has led us to only feel like they love us and are proud of us when we actually uh, do something right in their eyes rather than our own.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. There's um, on the flip side of that, I for anyone who has listened, I've, always been a godless fucking heathen Uh, (laughs) godless fucking heathen i didn't have any of that christian influence over my life in the way that you did i got little bits of it from other people but it wasn't directly affecting me at home at all times like it was for you but while i did not have that i'm also a biracial uh female at birth asian jew so I did have the expectations of being the perfect sister you know any any other Asian people listening you definitely <laughs> understand that perfect daughter perfect sister archetype like you have to get good grades you have to you know not kiss boys or whatever you have to uh, be straight you have to be modest you have to be caring you have to put your family first I did have that <laughs> Yeah, just not with Jesus. Um no Jesus involved there. I just did have that perfect sister archetype to live up to. And when we all grew up and I fucked off into the wilderness in the way that I did to just care for myself, I ended up doing better even though I didn't have that support. I didn't have a support system. I really only had me and like a couple of friends i'm doing way fucking better now because yeah. i have that self-reliance i i have that self-reliance the self-fulfillment and my own personal understanding um hashtag bad bitch <laughs> i'm a bad bitch you okay? are
1: to be honest yeah. and you've always been a bad bitch i i'm very jealous <laughs> like it just took me a lot longer sure. to figure it out like yeah.
0: you've always been a bad bitch too you just had to take extra steps to embody it and that's exactly okay. <laughs>
1: And, and though I, that's, I think, actually what makes me me, though. So, like, I, I don't... Yeah. Nowadays, I kind of look back on it and go, you know, like, that was a hard lesson to learn. But at the same time, I'm glad I learned it. Um, yeah. I'm just hoping others can hear this and kind of not make that same mistake. Like, you know... Yes. Be... So, yeah, yeah.
0: Here we are supporting ourselves and others by sharing our stories in this way.
1: Yeah. And I think from a queer standpoint, like, I didn't want to like do that because I would look at myself and I go, you're going to be an ugly woman. You're not going to be there. You're going to, your, your parents are going to be angry. You're well, guess what? You're family. wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> I hate myself. Right. Oh. And like, that was kind of the, the, the internal conflict. And so all of a sudden things turned better for me when all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to worry about myself for a second now that i feel better oh wait like i have the mental capacity and the mental space to take care of my friends and my family yay but that brings
0: us to the second pillar of the global order which is also one in particular along with the fourth one but getting to the second one it's and i talked about this in our last episode as well Uh, respect the inviolable body autonomous will and sovereign right of every individual to guide their own life and being remembering that enjoyment of these rights is predicated on the respect for the same in others you respected your inviolable body and changed a whole hell of a lot about yourself Uh, (laughs) let's be candid both of us are under the The trans umbrella, and both of us have had gender affirming care and surgeries. Like, we've both had surgeries at this point for that. Um, I grew boobs, yeah, you did. (laughs) I've seen them, (laughs) I've seen yours, you've seen mine. Yep, Uh, (laughs) uh, but um, real rap like, we love ourselves enough to and respect ourselves enough to fucking shapeshift <laughs> because Literally. If, I, if i'm yeah if i'm going to be a a fucking weirdo about this for a moment bitches we shapeshifted like <laughs> we had an, like a strong enough will and acceptance of the self to go through with things like affirming care and even surgeries like uh, i'm coming off of a rather i don't want to say a major surgery but it it felt pretty major this shit is crazy but with the the level of care that i have for myself and the level of care that my loved ones have for me and i for them made this a lot fucking easier yeah i'm sure you you had a similar experience
1: Yeah, I did. And you know, what really like was amazing was this kind of blended the two communities that I'm really a part of when I did my gender confirmation surgery. And I look back on this rule and I go, I'm going to exercise my right and I'm going to have gender confirmation surgery. And I was extremely supported by friends. Yeah, we were in a discord like
0: voice group before they (laughs) wheeled your ass back like I was there.
1: I was literally in the hospital bed getting ready to go back and uh talking to people on Discord within the satanic community. And yeah, I had a fellow Satanist, someone who's been on the show, cat who is an amazing human being who drove me to the hospital. Yeah. Another um, bad bitch. Another yeah. bad bitch. Yeah. And <laughs> I also had my queer community come out. I had friends who were part of the queer community. I had Satanists who all came out and it was the kind of the funniest thing in the world. I don't know where you get vagina shaped balloons, but I I I need to know. Oh my
0: god. I remember uh, this.
1: Yeah, they were <laughs> they had decorated my room by the time we were done with all these different things, flowers, things, but I think the thing that made me laugh the most, which also hurt at the same time, but also brought my spirits right up was the giant vagina shaped balloon that was in the room and i think you know when you have a community of people like who celebrates that um celebrates you doing what's right for you um knowing that when they're there you're going to be there too
0: yeah hell yeah and i do believe one of the one of the greatest quotes of our friendships that i didn't actually mean to type i typoed it was, thy vagina is forever. I think that's one of those messages that I <laughs> sent to you. <laughs> yes, I yeah. remember that, yep. Thy vagina is forever.
1: I was cracking up when I saw that, too. There's a few messages that has sent me over the years that have made me laugh in really awkward situations, and I yep. love them all.
0: Yeah, they're, they're gay as fuck. Uh I don't regret it. And like I said, that one was actually a fucking typo, but I'm really glad that it came out in the phrasing that it did. I forget what I meant to write, but my my keyboard put thy. So thy vagina is forever cute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the things that I love about that was it built my confidence a lot. Like, I am not shy about my body anymore. I mean, I've literally gone out and done a ritual in basically the nude. I was very close to that. And it's one of those things that when um you finally feel comfortable enough with yourself to be able to do that and to get in front of others, even I that was probably the most like amazing thing that I've ever done in my life. I can't tell you how fulfilling that was. And it was all thanks to Satanism. And it's not Something I'm saying that others gave me, I took it myself,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. By pursuing being a Satanist. (laughs) That kind of, we kind of mashed this talking point together with the fourth pillar, which is act with empathy, compassion, and wisdom towards yourself and others. Yeah. Acting with empathy for ourselves is even recognizing the fact that we wanted to fucking do this shit in the first place. That's a big one. And then, Just acting on it and going through it and having compassion. And we had compassion for each other by supporting each other in these times. Like, just as much as I was sending you things to make you laugh while you were down and out for... Your vagina surgery recently. (laughs) You were sending me things to make me laugh while I was down and out for my vagina
1: surgery. Uh (laughs) Yep, and I I think we've got to post this on the Patreon, everyone. I sent T recently a picture from my holiday party at work, and. Uh, my boss, we have a lot of faces to blur, but it's pretty awesome. Yes, we will blur all the faces, but we need to like show everybody the fact that my boss made our people from work into the Last Supper picture by Leonardo da Vinci. And I'm like holding a sleeve on the side, <laughs> it was the most blasphemous <laughs> thing, and I loved it. Like, our team, uh, you know, I is great, but like, I I think it's those kinds of things like, you know, he's a fellow queer, like he's very supportive of like different things that I've even had to go through in my life. And like, that's one of the things, I think that's what unites Satanism and queerness a lot too, is that there's that common attitude towards support of each other. Right. And this isn't about some obligation that's put onto you by a God or a guilt trip from another part of the community. Um, In fact, Trust me when I say if Satanists don't want to help you or don't feel like you deserve to be supported, they won't do
0: it.
1: They fucking won't. You won't hear a goddamn peep
0: from them. (laughs) The real ones will come out and they will support you and it'll be very genuine. If there's anything that I've experienced from uh, other Satanists, it's just how fucking genuine we all are. And when we get riled up about something you're gonna hear about us yeah whether it's in a good way or a bad way you're gonna hear you're gonna know it these both of these pillars align with the eighth point of the ethos of the coven of satan which states a person is the final authority over themselves these are decisions we're making and not only are we supporting ourselves like we said we had others to support us and whether they were, like Cora said, in the satanic community or the gay community or, or both, they were there and it was awesome. And we certainly aren't the types of people to forget that when these people need help as well. We will be there. Mark our fucking words.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, I remember my first satanic outing, everyone. And this was a highway side cleanup with a bunch of random Satanists at the time in Arizona. And I had just started my transition. I was shitty at makeup. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be brave. And I got dressed and I went out to this thing. And I wasn't, I did not know what to expect. But what I did find is that immediately, this is where I met Kat, actually, was this... (laughs) And was just immediately given a hug and accepted. And I don't think I'd ever felt more welcome in a genuine way. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Satanists are like huggers.
0: Um, You got (laughs) me thinking about my first satanic (laughs) outing.
1: There's the new satanic stereotype. We'll have to add that one in later. Like. (laughs) Of what we actually
0: are, not necessarily the <laughs> stereotype. No, it got me thinking about my first outing. It was like a park meetup, very close to where I'm living now. Um, actually, that's where I met one of the partners I'm dating. He appeared for this, a strong, silent type like he was, like he kind of is. I mean, he'll stay strong and silent until you talk about something that he particularly enjoys, and then he'll pipe right the fuck up. Uh, and he's hilarious yes. <laughs> but no I met I met him I met a lot of the ladies who we've had on guests out here uh, I think I don't think Kate was there but I met her shortly thereafter uh, we've mentioned her before Darcelle met Darcelle and a bunch of other people good goodness I want to say there was at least at least 10 people at that meetup that was really fun
1: yeah, there that was, was the probably t- 10, 15 people at that one, too. And it was the middle yeah. of summer in Arizona. So the fact that we were on the side of the highway was insanity. But uh, the, it's literally that one particular highway is called the highway to hell. So <laughs> it's like, and that was the one we were picking up. So it was very fitting.
0: I feel um, like it was your only logical choice. Exactly. State
1: group, it was the only logical choice. <laughs> yeah, and, ours
0: was a summer day meetup, too. I think it was like a 99... 99- Degree day. That's definitely nothing in comparison to a fucking Arizona summer day, but it's pretty high up for Philly.
1: Yeah. And I don't think that when people were in the Christian church and I was going to one of those events and they would come up and give me a hug the same way that Kat did, that they were being genuine. You that, could feel the difference. Yeah. You could feel it the was. Difference and the expressions different too yeah it was very fake and it was very much like please stay here and also i think some of it was almost almost self fulfilling for them because if i can bring this person into the church look at me <laughs> it, it just didn't feel genuine but because there's none of this like motivation to save someone and and there's none of this motivation to please anyone else within Satanism. When you're queer and you're coming in, they're liking you for you. And I think that's where like Satanism helped me was that I was accepted. It was the first acceptance I ever really felt actually as a trans person. And I think the second time was at work, but I would have never come out at work without that and, or It would have taken me a lot longer because I'd already come out to my family and stuff. But Mm -hmm. it was just doing that in the first place, that first moment when you actually say it out loud and kind of go do those things are scary. And that confidence has to build sometimes. And you need someone to give you that little push. Um, Oh, wait, was this like the first
0: time you went out and said, my name is Cora? Pretty or much, one of. yeah, oh. <laughs> one, of the,
1: one of the first times. Um, I'd been out with a few other people before saying that, but it was like small outings. This was the first time with a large group, especially people that I didn't know and how mm-hmm. they were going to react to me. So it kind of, that's where it kind of started to build the self-confidence, right? And so from my perspective and my queerness, right, like Satanism has a direct impact on it. Feeling okay to be myself
0: yeah yeah fuck yeah i think and i think a lot of the rules that we've already talked about do that uh let's throw another one out there the Covenant of satan ethos number two life is worth living pursue happiness persistently things like that just being referred to as we've said before in some of our other queer episodes just being referred to by your preferred name and pronouns is one of the best feelings in the fucking world. Like, it's really fucking good when you have just people you know or people you don't know referring to you the way that you want to be referred to. Um, I still get a little tickled when someone at work just goes, oh, it's tea, and I'm just like, yes, the fuck
1: it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. it's almost like, I almost take my name being used for granted at this point because it was yeah. so it's now just so ingrained like I don't even oh, half remember the other name being used and mm-hmm. because I've always been me so it kind of has now melded into reality something that I thought was something that I couldn't ever have is now there yeah. right and when I remember
0: you went and got the documentation changed I remember when you were yeah. like oh my god while I was at home, I got my birth certificate changed. This is fucking awesome. So yeah, that's just another way where you were honoring yourself and carrying out some of these rules we talked about, being compassionate to yourself and
1: just doing a fucking thing. Look at you. Doing well, and I, I think that's the other thing though, is that doing those little things made me feel happy, right? Mm-hmm. I can't, I was just, talking to someone the other day about how, you know, so many different little things. And I just took it one day at a time, one step at a time, one small change at a time. And that's all you can really do. That over time built into this amazing person that you see today, but it's kind of one of those where pursuing happiness persistently, life being worth living was not always a given for me. No. In my life. And uh it's those kinds of things that they snowballed. Yeah. They
0: snowballed into something better. Definitely can relate. And I feel like that's a big part of the queer experience in once you start to accept yourself, like you can kind of snowball into having better days for yourself. Yeah. I like that you pointed out pursue happiness persistently.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because
0: it's a lot of fucked up shit in this world. And I've been reading some, like, weird psychology books lately where in being happy and being unhappy is a result of your personal choice. And when I thought to myself, like, being happy is a choice sounds kind of fucked up. Yeah. It it initially made me angry, but it kind of is real. Uh, (laughs) I'm not saying you're just going to wake up with fucking happy one day just be like you know what i'm gonna be happy today it's not quite like that it's making the little choices that we were just talking about to pursue happiness persistently will ultimately in the long run
1: change you and that's the goal yeah like i i know that things can be really hard and take it from me i've been at rock bottom before but the only way It sounds really fucking cheap. Yeah, it sounds cheesy as fuck, right? But let's just get there and say that you have to, I think the persistence thing is the really important part. If you're not working towards it, right? If you're not willing to try, that's when it is a choice. Bad things happening do happen. And so your happiness is not going to be there all the time. And right. I think that anyone who thinks that you should just get over something and be happy needs to get fucked. But, like, <laughs> something, sometimes there's, it's really hard to get over things, but if you're not working towards it, that's when the choice happens to me.
0: Yes. So at that point, you are, according to the psychology, that it's Adlerian psychology, you are choosing to be unhappy. So when it was phrased that way, I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? But no, just... And when you're presented with these situations, you can make the better choice for yourself or you can give up and say something along the lines of like, well, whatever, this is just life. Why should I fucking try? In choosing that option, you are embracing unhappiness.
1: I was talking to a bigot on TikTok the other day, as Uh, one does. Not the TikTok bigots. Yeah. Go on. (laughs) And uh, the guy was like, Being trans is a choice, right? And I was sitting there going, look, I didn't choose to be trans. I chose to be happy, right? And I think that's the difference. You don't choose to be gay, trans by whatever who you are is. But what you do choose is whether you want to be yourself and be happy or not. Yes, that's a very good way to put that. The hard part is, is sometimes you need a hand up. And I think that's where Satanism has come in for me. Yep. Yes. And
0: this goes into the, what, another one I highlighted, the seventh point of the Coven of Satan ethos is, it says, there is no one right way to live. To get back to the TikTok bigot, according to, <laughs> to that person, not being trans is the way to live. Well, There. this states there's no one right way to live Uh, just because I don't want to physically change myself the way that Cora has physically changed herself doesn't mean that either of us is wrong we're both making choices for ourselves that are the right choices for us individually and you can make a
1: totally different fucking choice than us (laughs) and that's perfectly fine (laughs) absolutely I think that was one of the things that hadn't to change for me too. If you're if you're in a religion and and you're listening to this, whether it's Christian, Islam does not matter, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing that's consistent about all of them, all religions is that there's this attitude that that's the right way to live.
0: Yeah. And even some versions of satanism, it's it's like our way or the fucking I way. And I The reason why i value this particular rule from this particular version of satanism is it just gives me the right to say good for you that's not my thing (laughs) (laughs) good for you that's not my thing (laughs) i feel like if more people in more places said good for you that's not my thing i think like society wise we might be in a little better shape (laughs)
1: <laughs> to be uh, honest 100 percent. so i i love this one for the way that it kind of just states plainly that satanists just don't care and so when you're a queer person coming into satanism right great good for you yeah check out the coven of uh the coven of satan some cool shit in
0: there if that if i could impart one one nugget of wisdom to any new satanist whether you're queer or not it would be to branch out don't just latch on to the first rule set that you find find them all find them all there's going to be some terrible ones out there uh like the thulean society of satanists very much baselint dwelling fucking bullshit on there
1: (laughs) go out and find it anyway (laughs) <laughs> luciferianism get get in there, right? Like who, yes, who knows? And
0: honestly, I don't entirely disagree with Luciferianism. There's a lot of powerful shit in there. Yep. Branch out and find it for yourself.
1: Go read uh, the Necronomicon.
0: It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Not it's, necessarily recommended reading, I would no. say, for
1: Satanism, but
0: fuck it. Go do it anyway. If you well, can it, get your hands on
1: a copy. It's like reading um something that you know you're not gonna like necessarily dis- disagree with but if you don't challenge your own viewpoints how do you know what your own viewpoints are to me yes like exactly. and that's why i
0: say even look at the, the ones that you don't like do it just do it just stomach your way through it sit with them i mean and figure out why you don't like them yeah there's See? even
1: something to there's even something to Anton Sander LaVey's stuff in the Satanic Bible. I mean, there's one that we didn't list here that I actually think has to do with being queer a little bit that is, is a bit interesting when you first like look at it, which is psychic vampires, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most you ridiculous human in. in the world. But I think we talked about this in, in our analysis of the Church of Satan, if you go back and look at that episode. But I think... To me, it's those kinds of people that are really bringing you back down, right? And including them as, as a part of your life is kind of what Anton Sander-Levay is talking about. And that's a big yeah. thing for queer people. Having to sometimes shed the people who don't accept you is a common thing. I was going to say, I think there's something that LeVay says. Anton Sander-Levay says about psychic vampires. Can't remember the exact words, but...
0: Well, you can go find his... Uh, psychic vampire rants probably on their main website they have a lot of his (laughs) writings up there Uh, You give them a look for yourself but while we're talking about shedding people you don't like here's a fun fact about me i i don't even think i've told this to cora i never came out to my family really i did not know that no i never came out to my family while we were working on um just this idea in general. I actually kind of wrote a little bit of it out. And as I said earlier, you know, I have the mixed race thing going on. The The white people part of me was uh, Jewish, Eastern European Judaism and Asian cultures, Jewish cultures typically don't accept gay people. And let's be fucking real. I grew up in America in the 90s, not the warmest <laughs> for gay people either. And yeah, I never actually came out as a result of it because I had that whole perfect, perfect sister, perfect daughter expectations. You know, I have to find myself a nice white man to marry someday. (laughs) Um, and that's literally one of the only things my father ever told me to do. Find myself a nice white man with money to marry, um, Jokes on you, bitch! I'm never getting married, um, <laughs> <laughs> much less to a man. Um, <laughs> I I have an agreement with my partners. If I get married, probably is for money. Probably
1: marrying Natalie.
0: Sorry, good thing
1: like you're the final authority on yourself. Yep, and that's another one of the ones that we put down is the person's the final authority over themselves and fuck them. Yes. Do yeah, eth- that's
0: another one of the ethos. Yes, I did not feel comfortable enough to ever do so. But also, I have I have this kind of bastard mentality yeah. about coming out. The ultimate goal of coming out, just community-wise, I feel, is so that nobody in the future needs to. So in my own asshole kind of way, I'm setting that standard by not coming out just living my life simply as I am.
1: Uh, Harvey Milk, basically. I, I I don't know if you know who that is, anyone out there, but he was the first openly gay major politician and he was in San Francisco, assassinated, besides the point. But at the same point, he said that everyone should come out. And what he meant by that is that he, he wanted to normalize being queer. And I think one of the best parts about that normalization will be the fact that it shouldn't even be a big deal if someone yeah. comes home with a man or a woman or whoever you're into it it should just be like oh my goodness i'm so happy you love my relative or whoever the person is to you right yeah. and for, for me it's my
0: bastard contrarian nature like as as a child i had a very bastard contrarian nature to me i tried to hide it from the family but it's my own fucked up way of just embracing what you said like i i dream of a future where people don't need to come out <laughs> they just simply exist and love as they are but uh if for some reason any of my family is listening to this uh i'm fucking gay and it's none of your business <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i think that's what I love about that vision of the future, if someone decides to change their body, it shouldn't even be a question. It should just be like, oh, that's cool. Awesome. Right. And it's, I i love Umbrella Academy for so many reasons, but one of my favorite part is that there's an amazing trans man in there. Elliot Page. Elliot Page. I and, love Elliot Page. Uh, he like was coming into this and when he was all worried that they were going to not want to keep going with the series. And instead they were just like, no, cool. We'll just, we'll make that a part of the ethos of the character. Um, Even went back in Netflix and changed his pronouns in all of the credits and everything like yeah. that. Yo, which... the
0: fact that they retroactively
1: changed his credits, just, uh, thank you. <laughs> yes. And what's even better is the fact that like when he came out in the show, all of the character's reaction was like okay okay cool (laughs) awesome yes
0: yes um i've certainly been the person to call someone out on being i i think i referred to them as like a bitter fucking gay you're being a bitter fucking old gay right now (laughs) When they like a couple friends of ours were bitching about like how these young gays don't know what it's like to be gay bashed, even though they probably do. Um, I had to be like, "You sound like a bitter old bitch right now." And I'm personally happy that these gay kids are out here being gay as fuck on Maine and just living their gay little fucking lives. And I don't think they they should fucking experience violence for it. Isn't this what we want for the community?
1: hello yeah 100 percent. and i sorry for the side rant <laughs> that's okay like i i think it's relevant yes yeah. like,
0: but that brings me into uh the nine satanic sins now disclaimer here i still do not think that we as satanists sin because we don't have a god to transgress against Applying some of these just to myself is my own personal choice, and I find that it can be helpful sometimes. So the first one I want to highlight is uh, self-deceit. When you stay in in the closet, girl, you are deceiving yourself. You're gay as fuck. Just embrace it. (laughs) (laughs) Cite some of the rules we did earlier in this episode and get, get a little help. You know, sometimes I, I feel like there's so many times where Cora or I will be like, oh, my God, please go to therapy. <laughs> this well- is one of those times.
1: <laughs> I remember uh, really shortly after my surgery, I went through a, like all this drama with some stuff with, in Satanism. And uh, Kat one time just says, said, Cora, just be quiet for a second. You're acting like a teenage girl. And I need I you to like calm down. And I I just think that like yo,
0: props to her for respecting you enough to be able to fucking say that. Like that is a real friend. <laughs> I really respect the people who aren't afraid of me to a point where they can be like, girl, you are being you're out of fucking pocket right now. Sit down. Eat a Snickers. (laughs) (laughs) You're not you.
1: You're hungry. Not you when you're hungry, but go on. (laughs) But yeah, like, I think that that's the type of thing that I love also about Satanists, is that I think that they're more likely to be honest with you about that kind of stuff. Also happens to be that T is on the East Coast, and we were just talking before the episode about how people on the East Coast are all like that as well. But like... (laughs) They're just overly honest, and I love yeah. it. like and we we sound mean. It's just the way that we talk. We don't like bullshit over here. exactly. And so that's where it's really awesome to actually uh hear someone say the truth to you, right? And I think that that's the fun part is that this whole self-deceit thing, when you need help out of it, you need someone to tell you when you're not doing the right thing. Right? Yeah,
0: sometimes it takes an outside source like, or maybe you're doing shadow work, like we're both witches, and sometimes we realize man, I've been on some bullshit, yep, source of this bullshit, and you really gotta sit down and pick yourself apart and to build yourself back up better, yep. um, whether you're doing it individually or you have an outside hand, like myself or Kat to be like, girl, you acting out of pocket <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good absolutely sometimes especially within the queer community we see that queerness before the person who is queer actually sees it themselves sometimes oh sometimes
0: yeah i can think of a couple of people where i'm like this little boy is a woman waiting to happen (laughs) (laughs) or the opposite like this little girl
1: is a is a wonderful man waiting to happen (laughs) I'm like oh we need to crack your egg so bad like (laughs) and for people out there who are a part of the trans community or know what an egg means it like is a term for somebody an egg is a person who has not hatched a a person a trans person who has not come out or talked about it yet and when you start to see them actually realize what's going on you you say that their egg is cracking right a
0: a mutual friend of ours like i i said to myself Vic, if you're listening i'm sorry at some point shortly after meeting you i said to myself this little boy is a woman waiting to happen and (laughs) they have started embracing their feminine side lately and i'm just like yes bitch (laughs) yes this is what you've been waiting for the whole time
1: yeah like it's (laughs) been amazing to see the growth there to be honest actually
0: yes <laughs> I'm I, sorry I had to I had to single you out but it's only because I'm proud of you uh go on Cora
1: <laughs> I have another friend that's been really cool to see lately a person from my hometown who I played hockey with who has now come out and it was like so funny and kind of cathartic for me to to talk to them because it's like
2: you're we not the only this- one
1: yeah, <laughs> we went through the same exact experience, pretty much growing up, uh, and you know, we were the were the two trans women that came out of those couple years, those couple grades, and it's kind of funny to see her thrive. I mean, I, I saw a post we we played hockey together, like I said, and then and she's she's still really into the sport. I am not, and she thought she was never going to be able to play hockey again, and oh. Uh, well, When she came out and that's not true. Not only is she playing hockey, she created a trans group to go play hockey and get the fuck out of here. This is great. (laughs) Right. And it's those kind of acceptances and those realizations that, you know, you sometimes have to see your, see what you want to like be in yourself, like to go out there and make change. Because when you're starting off, and like I think that's the thing that hit me so hard was when you're starting off, you're not yourself. You are trying. You're to figuring just, it out. You're figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's one of the most amazing things in the world to see someone finally find community and be confident. And it's like yeah, my. Yeah. Like, it's like watching a flower bloom in in like hyper motion, right? It's just like boom, like pretty. Amazing or that
0: really like edgy but artsy like kind of slow mo. Yeah, really cool sometimes. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, the last satanic sin that I highlighted of the nine, I really only did two is uh counterproductive pride. Yep. So in this instance, I feel that a counterproductive pride would be to. Not accept this part of yourself because of something else. Like to use you as an example, Cora, when you were leading the church, right? You know, you're yeah. a you're a man of the cloth. Like you're not <laughs> a woman. <laughs> oh God! Even though you are, you're a woman. Fuck that man of the praise, cloth. He's gone. <laughs>
1: praise Satan. Um. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like there's, I, I think there's that- stuff like that that some people like things that they love, like maybe this hockey player wasn't initially accepting it because they could thought they could never play hockey again. Uh, that's counterproductive pride. You're like, oh, I have this thing going for me. If I change any part of myself, I might not have this thing. And that might not be true.
1: Well, yeah, and it, I think it's, it's that, oh, I'm proud of my job. I'm proud of my family I'm proud of these things so I can't come out of the closet because mm-hmm. I'm proud of these things that I have but notice how what I just said is all external again right it gets down to it um yes. come in full circle okay, Co-dependence. okay. Yep. <laughs> are you pride of, yes. uh, are you proud of yourself as- yes and if you just change
0: your appearance you're still going to have those same skills like I'm sure Gora, if you were so inclined you could go back and be a church president or a church <laughs> church treasurer or whatever the fuck position you wanted in a church which you don't um not in that like, church
1: but in others yes
0: <laughs> yes not in that one but others or even found your fucking own which you know how they work not that you would Ugh, you no. could still have that as, i could
1: but i don't as want a to. woman yeah, yeah.
0: exactly or you could go back and play hockey as a woman, as you are now, if you wanted to. Uh, if for some reason I were to wake up tomorrow and be a man, I'd still be a machinist. I would still be great at my job. I would still I'd still be, I, I guess, dating the people I'm dating. Although one of them might have some thoughts about that uh, and reevaluate our relationship. And that's fine. I would still be the same old t just somehow zapped into a man and i think that would be really fun and a freaky friday kind of thing and i wouldn't be too upset
1: is what i'm saying
0: (laughs) (laughs) because i would still be the asshole that i am right now
1: there there's a really great youtube channel called philosophy tube and there's a particular video (laughs) on there that's really awesome uh, in which the the creator of that is trans. and she during her coming out video says, if you take the brain of a prince and put it into a pauper, they're still a prince like inside, right? They're still the same person. And I think th- that's the interesting thing. we have transformed right in a certain sense in a in a way. I guess
0: technically by by some, people's definition of what a woman is uh i'm not actually a woman because i can't bear children uh, <laughs> some people some people tie that very distinctly to the identity of a woman and i physically am incapable of doing so so i guess in some ways to them i'm not a woman and
1: <laughs> i'm not necessarily upset with that sentiment uh <laughs> well one of my favorite things that i when when and this is the the productive pride right when i think about the the reverse of counterproductive
0: pride yeah is that when someone i'm sorry to get back to your little your thing about just taking my brain and putting it in another shell put it in a shell that's uh capable of bearing children i'm still the same fucking asshole uh (laughs) whether or not i can have them or not or if you put me in a shell that is like physically male like i said i'm the still fuck fucking same asshole that i am um so i do agree with that not necessarily the socio-economical status of like a prince to pauper but i get the point
1: the knowledge base is still there yeah the analogy is good right (laughs) And I think uh, the when I look at productive pride instead of counterproductive pride, right? Mm. Being proud in the way that is affirming is important. And I think who cares if you can't bear children, right? For instance, I can't. It'd be great if I had that set of equipment that to give have that capability. I have two kids already that I had before my transition. Great. But like at the same time it's it's funny you're
0: saying that i'm like oh of course a woman and i'm on the exact same spectrum i'm just like i'm really excited that i can't have kids <laughs> i can truly enjoy sex any which way that i want um uh, i'm still a woman according to yeah. myself like i meet my own definitions of what a woman is and i think this is great uh are the both of us the same absolutely the fuck not as we stated with uh, the satanic rule that there is no one right way to live in queerness there's no one right way to express a gender and think like, we are both <laughs> women just with the opposite characteristics and i think this is a really fun weird experiment
1: <laughs> well, yeah, like, and it's always a gotcha question from people when they're talking to me about, well, what is a woman? And I'm sitting there going, well, it's me, it's <laughs> right? It, it's a person who identifies as such. And the they'll well, they'll go, well, you never went through the things that a woman did growing up. And I go, well, I had a different path to womanhood, but I am treated exactly the same way as any other woman.
0: Yeah, you still okay. get
1: mansplained too. Exactly, <laughs> half still have.
0: Yeah, you still have people taking tools out of your hands because they think you're not capable of using them. We had a whole still... discussion about
1: that before right before this. It was great. <laughs>
0: yeah, you still, uh, I'm sure, lock your car door as soon as you 100%. get in it, which is yep. one of the scarier aspects of being a woman. Um, we're not here to define womanhood, disclaimer there, but, but fuck, if we aren't shining examples of it anyway.
1: Yeah. And I I think that that's the thing is that there's no one experience. That's why that rule exists. There's no one right way to live. And Mm -hmm. I I think about if you come from a different place, and this is the thing that I laugh about, is like if you come from, for instance, Malaysia, or if you come from England, or you come from the United States, you're going to have a completely different experience growing up. Does that make you like, better or worse than any of the other people that were from those places? No. Nope. You just have a different lived experience. Uh, And so that's the cool part, is that I think Satanism has allowed both of us, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, to just accept ourselves and live the way we want to. Agreed. Yes. Um, I
0: think this has been a long enough conversation to get our little points across about how excited we are to be uh, gay Satanists uh, <laughs> we really hope you guys got something out of this and if you are a baby gay or a baby Satanist or perhaps both uh, like I said look into the shit that we talked about here definitely look into it um, it's never too late to be the best you hail thyself, hail Satan hail
1: Satan